Hello, I'm Daniel Valines, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Hello, good people. I just want to take a minute to discuss these next few upcoming episodes. For most of you that know me and for those of you that don't know me, I'm not the most educated person, especially in the medical field. We felt the need to have a medical professional come on and tell us about trauma. This process of learning, it was strenuous for me. Y'all are here. I butcher up a few words. Oh, so please don't don't, don't burn me because y'all hit me like, you just <laughs> but um, it was a lot of fun and it was really educational for me. So hopefully it can be very educational and beneficial for you as well. Without any further ado, we give you 10 Minutes of Truth with Sean A. Boxdale. Hello, good people. If you're tired of a world of fake news, fake personalities and fake images, you're tuned into the right place. This is Sean Boxdale and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. <laughs> Forget about what somebody else think about you. What do you think about you? Your past don't define you. Hello, good people. This is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. This is the third episode of four episodes, and we have Miss Anita Danielle Valines. How are you, ma'am? Hello, hello. How are you? How are you, Sean? I am great. Wonderful to see you again. Good to see you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, moving right along, we've been talking about trauma and we've been talking about it in a manner of childhood going into young adulthood. And now um, we're going to get a little personal with you, mm. with, with you personally. Okay. Um, with your accolades and the things that you have um been able to acquire um i know that you know talking to you it was it was a struggle it was a struggle to um become who who you're becoming oh yeah right and so um i wanted to ask you a question um how did your uh administrators and professors uh make you feel when they attempted to dissuade you from um taking a double major oh my gosh <laughs> um first they said it couldn't be done. Really? Now, why? Why? For some odd reason, they only have double majors that are within a specific genre of field. And because I was attempting to pull across two areas, they were like, oh, you can't do that. Wow. So technically, it is a double major. However, it would not be recognized as one true double major. So okay. I have literally a bachelorate degree in speech language pathology and audiology. And I have literally a bachelorate degree in um, psychology because they would not wow. let me combine them. And that wow. was fine. It took a little bit of extra time. But because I had done the majority of the coursework, I wasn't going to let that go. I was like, oh, no, I was a little pit bull about it. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get it. I'm going to find a way to go under, to go over, to go around it. I'm going to do it. I it's going to happen. That's me. It's, that's it. going to happen. I love it. Yes. I love it. And and thank you. Thank you for uh, pushing the envelope yeah. like that for uh, young ladies of color and young ladies, period. Oh, my gosh. When I say even when I was in high school, even when I was in middle school, there were statements that were spoken that were negative. Really? Like From what? teachers, from counselors. Um, I had mentioned um, the young man that I loved in high school and one of the teachers had said, oh, because that's your type, you'll never go anywhere. Wow. She literally looked at me one day 
before a basketball game and said, you will never go anywhere. You will never. You Guilty by nothing. association. Guilty by association. You will wow. never go anywhere. Wow. She said, at best. How did it drive you? That that That's a drive. That was a that's, drive. That's a kick. Yeah. It was an immediate, like, oh, word? Really? Like, I was like, yes. It okay. was immediate. Okay. I was like, oh, word. Watch me. Let, let me show you something. Let me show you. Right. Beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, moving along in those lines, I had to do some research because once once I saw who you were, I was like, oh, I got to I got to dig a little bit and study a little bit. <laughs> you are silly. I did. I had to study you a little bit. Silly. But I want to talk about ACE. OK. OK. Which I had to look up is adverse childhood experiences. Yes. Correct. Um, can you explain to the audience a little bit about what that is? Oh my goodness. Um, as a community, it has been recorded that approximately 60, 70% of people go through some type of a trauma. And those traumas can be quantified into specific events. Um, so when I say specific events, um, if someone witnessed an incident where, say someone was shot. Okay. I bring that up to par because um, there are people that I've worked with and known that we were at the same place, party, gathering, same time, and such hurtful, harmful, um, just traumatic events occurred that you wonder how do people move past that mm. when it's their best friend, right. when it's their family member. Um, and I'm sure that that kind of brings some things back for you. But right. um, yeah, it, it, it can be sexual abuse. Mm. It can be um, someone being in a home that burns. It can be a bad car accident that someone is um, impaired with a disability from. It can be um, someone in their home right. dying suddenly. Right. It can be someone in the home being removed and detained. Right, right. So all of the, it can be a parent leaving. Right, right. So any and all of these things can set a child into an immediate spiral. Right. That studies and statistics that go back from, I want to say 1992, done by Kaiser out of California, it states specifically that these events have long lasting and reoccurring um triggers right so that that brings me to this so they have a system of scoring right absolutely okay okay talk about this that that a little bit this scoring system do you know um so when a person has more than one of these factors okay. they become more likely to be labeled as special education wow they become more likely to participate in in at-risk behavior activities. They become more likely to be statistics, i.e. persons who don't graduate from high school. This is Healthy Heart Month. Learn how you can live heart healthy today with Dr. Habib F. Basile, cardiologist at Centera Halifax Regional Hospital. And for current COVID-19 information, go to our website, www.10minutesoftruth.com. And click the link below, brought to you by Centera Halifax Hospital. Oh, wow. So we have all of these things that are just stacking up against any child that experiences any one of these. But definitely, if it's two or three, mm. then automatically 
flag should go up like, okay, there is a major concern. We should be looking at this baby. We should be trying to help this baby. We should be building up this family because they are going through something that the average persons are not going through. And these are automatically flagged as risk factors for later issues down the road in society. Right. So you work with children? I do. Or what ages? Um, I work with two and a half year olds to 21 year olds. (laughs) I got babies. So I already, you see my babies. Yes. 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 So yeah, I work with the babies and um, I work with teenagers and um, occasionally I'll have a young adult, but um, it's just really funny. Like right now I'm in the um, outpatient clinic um, support realm of allied health um and okay. for years i was in the educational system okay. so i worked in the schools with teachers set in iep meetings um constructed and devised my piece part and plan by researching family mm. so yeah I've, I've been doing this for a while wow okay um that's excellent too because this brings me into um uh, looking at something and going back to that ace um the, the question is, why is autism more prevalent now than 10 years ago? Well, 10 years ago, oh my gosh, 20 years ago, because that's how long I've been in the field and really, really um, studying and practicing. Okay. Um, autism was approximately one in every 25,000 births. Okay. So every five years, there would be this astronomical jump and how many more children were identified in a populace. And now we're down to, I want to say it's one in 50. It's scary. Wow. It's it's scary. Well, first of all, and it's not to say to have a disability is scary, but it's to say to have a disability of that magnitude and we not being able to identify exactly what are all the causes. Sure, there are precursors, Sure, there are predispositions because of family, because of um, cognitive, but it's very hard to isolate what exactly is the cause. But I will say it is my belief that we now have better tools of identifying autism than we did before. And years ago, when people didn't grow and develop as they should, they were often just placed in homes and institutions. And now... Um, Our federal government says, you know, we're supposed to and we're going to educate these children. And so it's just a whole nother mind shift of what we do to help people with disabilities. And specifically, that is, like I said, now a very prominent disability. And I I don't want to be incorrect. Right, right. But thank you for that. Um, You know me. Um. Dealing with your job, have you ever seen a child that was in trouble and you just was like, it's just certain things that you 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 couldn't do, or, or but you was like, I got to help this child. I have to help this child. There have been multiple occasions, and um, one that comes to mind in particular, I'm seeing this little boy. I'm seeing him regularly. Right. I have to pass by his classroom every day. Um, His teacher informs me, oh, he needs a speech and language screening, of which we do to identify if there are factors that lead to the testing process. 
Um, this little guy had these same clothes on for days. Mm. He was dirty, visibly dirty. He was smelly. Um, it was reported that he lived with both his mother and his father and siblings. And it was just so concerning to me, you know, so concerning to me that I'm looking at this baby. I'm like, what, what is something is not right here. Something's not right. And because of my field, I am bound to report right. when I see things like that. I, in the practice, I, I have to report. I, I give an oath that if I see something, I do have to say something. Um, in some instances, when you feel that you can, you will speak with the family and let them know, hey, um, I've observed something. Do you want to tell me a little bit about it? I mean, is there um, a need that we can help? Can I refer you to our social worker? Right. Um, in that case, I went straight to the social worker. And she says, I want to say that there is a file on this little guy, but it would help if you make the additional call. So I had to make the additional call. I did so for them to do little of nothing because social services also looks at children being in the home that they know being a better situation in instances, many instances, than removing them from a home. And really? unless there is a threat, yes, of physical violence, they look at that removal from what they know, removal from home. Um, it, it leads me to the thought of it's better to deal with the devil that you know than the devil that you don't. Mm. Um, so we know kind of, you know, we keep an eye on this family. Um, we're going to keep the kids in the home. We'll send people by to check periodically. Um, it's it's has to be a severe case right. when you see social services go in and pull children out of their home because wow. then that places I didn't know that yeah that places them that. in yeah. another um, instance of trauma because right. those kids are right. being removed right. from their home right. It's like a double negative. It's a double negative, <laughs> and right. sometimes it's setting up a pathway right. for the same cycles. Right. Right. Wow. A case in point right. um, that was in the Northern Virginia, Maryland area. A family was a case. It was a mother with three children. They were all girls um, from the age of 14, 15 to the age of eight. Um, she, They had a case on this particular parent. They periodically did their checks. The children did not report to school for several days and into a week or two. They finally went to check up on it. The girls were found in the freezer. Oh, man. Wow. That's real. That's what we're dealing with. And I'm sure right. for a mother to do that to her children, right. her live children right. that she sees every day, there had to be some significant mental health thing going on. Right. But that's also something that we don't speak about. Right. Mental health. Right. We don't. We don't. That's a segment in itself. That's a segment all by itself. It is. It and, is. And people hate to um, view themselves as having any mental health issue. Right. Because we came up like that. We, we came up. I ain't crazy. Mm -mm. You know, when you, when you cra I ain't crazy. I ain't crazy. You well, know? maybe I might be a little bit, but that's right, okay. Right, right, right. It you was know, funny. It was, it was funny. a joke. It was yeah. a joke. And what's even more funny is when clinically you begin to look in and look into people and what's going on with them, what they use is now called the DSM-5. 
and it's a method of identifying and defining um, mental health issues and concerns. You will find that everybody's on the DSM-5. There is something that's got your name on it. Mm. <laughs> Whether you're a doctor, lawyer, right. mother, father, sister, brother, blue collar, white collar, black, white, blue, green, yellow, orange, or purple. You at least have one thing. And normally we have three or four that we're able to function and cope in regular general society and be okay. But it's when we can't cope that you absolutely need to get help, whether that's counseling, whether that is a little bit of a medication that's going to bring you down, level you out, help you to do your day to day, focus, whatever that is. But there are needs and people hate talking about those type of needs because everybody wants to say what you said earlier. I'm not crazy. Right. Right. You know? Oh, man. That's that's a lot. A lot has been said. A lot to uh, process for all of us. Um, I want to thank you again. Thank you so much for uh, coming on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Sean Barks there, and this has been 10 Minutes of Truth. I'm Danielle Valines, and that's my truth. Are you tired of waiting for shirts for weeks and months? On top of that, not being able to get someone on the phone to even ask about them? Not at Press for Time Tees. We guarantee up to 100 shirts in nine business days. That's right, Press for Time Tees. P-R-E-S-S, the number four, T-I-M-E-T-E-E-S. That's PressForTimeTees.com. We don't make shirts, we make memories. In need of great caregivers? Contact Marsha's Home Care a home healthy agency that provides certified nursing assistance. Some of the value services they provide are personal hygiene grooming, meal preparation and feeding, transfers and ambulation. To contact Marsha's Home Care, give them a call at 434-579-1045 and their website is www.marshashomecare.org and marshashomecare at yahoo.com. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. What's your truth?